Welcome, adventurers. It is with great joy that I get to welcome my newest natural 20-tier patron, Dimitri Ryaboy. Your generous support will help ensure that there are still tales to be told. And now to the tale at hand. Skellish's urn is but a stone's throw from where Caria now stands. Joel Rigetti's Speaking Stone Studio presents... Tales from the Dungeon Visual inspection complete, Karia stood. Still parallel to the floor, she made her way quickly along the wall to the right, keeping to the dark tiles that made up the smoke. Completing a half-circuit of the room put her opposite the door and blocked from view from the outside chamber, the sculpted pedestal between her and the opening. She made her way to the floor. Karia slunk along, low to the ground, all the while looking for traps. She found none. Ten paces brought her to the base of the pedestal. The marble disc that held the urn was at head height. Now close, Coria saw the disc was not flat on top, but a shallow basin. She inspected it for pressure plates or traps. Nothing. To remove Skellish's urn from its place of rest requires a blood sacrifice. A prudent thief never trusted all they were told even by clients. She reached out, trying to lift the urn. Its metallic surface was chilled to the touch. She lifted. It didn't budge. She pushed. No movement. It was as if the urn was just another piece of the sculpture. Caria unsheathed the dagger. She drew the blade across the back of her hand, opening a small wound. She placed the wound against the urn. A moment of fear, as nothing happened. And then, a pulse of chill. And then a flash of warmth rushed through her hand and flushed throughout her body. The blood seeped out of her hand and vanished into the surface of the dark urn. She wasn't sure how long to leave the hand. She counted five beats. Removing her hand, she tentatively reached out again. The urn lifted free. Rich. Caria thought, I'm going to be rich. She found footholds on the statue, stepped up and peered around the urn and out of the door. Her line of sight was limited, but no sign of Ukwala. Time to move. Out came the cloth pack. The urn was lifted free and placed inside. Where the sides were covered with a depiction of many tortured faces, the sealed lid was covered with another likeness. The detail was exquisite and lifelike. The stern face that stared up at Caria must have been that of Skellish half-handed himself. It felt as if he stared into her eyes, into her soul. She shook her head. What was wrong with her? She had no time for this. The drawstring was pulled tight and looped into a knot. Onto her back it went, quickly and quietly to the edge of the pedestal to look once more through the door. The silent steps brought her across the floor to the opening itself. Only two Ukwala still occupied the mouth of the cave. Where were the other four? It seemed a stroke of luck. 
but she didn't like what it might imply. Vion's distraction shouldn't have kept the guards away this long. What were they doing? She stepped through the threshold and around the door, putting a hand on the wall, and began to climb. The hair stood on the back of her neck. Something was behind her. In one motion, Karia pushed off the wall, flipping backwards, drawing a dagger before she landed. Her eyes darted around. Nothing. She swung the dagger in a half arc. Fionn's voice came from just before and below and hissed. Peace, mad woman. Hackles up, it took all she had to keep from swinging for his invisible form in anger and frustration. In none of the scenarios was Fionn to come join her in the cave. What are you doing? She hissed in barely restrained contempt. Coming to save your life, Fionn said in a flustered whisper. There is. The end of the statement was not heard as a horn blast sounded from outside the cave. Karia froze. There is. Fionn started again, but was cut off by a second blast, a response to the first echoing into the cave, this one further away, but not as far as the valley. Coming up the steps. There's a band of Ukwala coming up the stairs, Fionn whispered as fast as he could, irritated by the interruptions. Twenty or more, we need to go, now. Just as he finished, there was a muffled whiz, the flight of an arrow. Karia spun towards the mouth of the cave, but too late. A metallic clang and then a stinging pain beside her shoulder blade. An arrow had glanced off the urn, ripping the pack, severing the shoulder strap and finding purchase in her back. The two guards at the mouth of the cave had turned and seen her. Speed was all that was left. Finishing her spin, she whispered, Stay hidden, and then burst into a run directly for the mouth of the cave. The Ukwala with a bow called out, Vot Ralek. The other leveled her spear, content to hold her position as Karia approached. With just three paces left to the Ukwala, Karia knew she had to strike and move on. Without the element of surprise, she would have a difficult time overpowering the two trained warriors before the four others arrived, blocking her escape entirely. Less than a half a beat from the engagement, the Ukwala with the leveled spear stiffened. A dark arrow shaft jutted through her neck and out her throat. Karia danced around the end of the falling spear tip, fainted an attack on the Ukwala holding the bow, and then made to dodge away. The Ukwala discarded the bow and reached out to grab Karia, just missing, instead getting a handful of the already torn pack. A ripping sound accompanied the pack's failure, and it split wide, spilling the urn free, clanging loudly onto the rocky ground. Fuck me, Karia thought. No choice. She spun back. The Ukwala reached for an axe slung across its back, but in vain. One dark arrow appeared in the center of its chest, immediately followed by one in its eye. It fell back, expired. A bonus might be in order, Karia thought as she scooped up the urn. Three sharp notes blown on the horn. She stood and swore again. The other Ukwala were upon her. Axes and spears swung down and stabbed at her. Some she evaded, others found purchase. One axe blade bit deep into her thigh. With four on her, she could not outrun them. As she dodged and ducked, she caught motion coming from the cave. It was Fion. It was two Fions. Two identical Fions ran, ten feet separating them, toward Caria and the fray. 
the hands of both fions weaved and waved, and then, with a spoken word and a powdery substance thrown out, the sound of a cork being pulled from a bottle, and one of the Ukwala Takarias left, just disappeared. This caught their attention, to be sure. Two turned toward the oncoming halflings, while another raised his axe overhead to bring down on Karia. Dark arrows rained down, one after the other in rapid succession. One in the neck, one in an armpit, and the last straight into an ear. Three Ukwala fell, three thuds. Karia stood amidst a ring of fallen bodies. A bonus, no questions asked. Koi had earned a bonus. But that thought fled quickly. Barreling down the mountain on a path from the south was another Ukwala patrol. At least ten. Fion, both of them, looked to her. Run, my Greenlander. Escape, hide, repeat. I will hold them off. Twenty more come from the steps. This is your only chance. And without waiting for a response, turned, and against all logic, charged toward the patrol. He was mad or knew what he was doing. She wasn't sure which, but there was no time. Fight or finish the job. Karia always finished the job. She considered the path north directly back to Koi in their hiding spot, but quickly dismissed it. If any of the ten saw her, and how could they not, she would endanger Koi as well. No, their only hope now was to split up. At least that way, some of them might survive. She ran toward the top of the steps. Just rounding the corner into view, some six hundred feet away, where the Ukwala Fion had just come to warn her about. She ducked out of view, and then, keeping low to the ground, hurried toward the north side of the ledge. Her eyes scanned. There, a route to take her north and east down the mountain, below the cliff and into the burning hills. She gripped the urn tight and began the descent. Karia's eyes opened. The white light of soul had gone, replaced again by the silvery light of Arjun. She felt awful, as if a layer of slimy film lay just beneath her skin, slowly crawling over her muscles. Despite the chill of the desert night, her brow was covered in sweat. No question now. Fever from an infected wound. But none of that was what had awoken her. She was sure she had heard something. The desert wind whipped up and howled. A barely audible whisper. Was that in her mind? Now, the scuffle of a foot on the rock from where she had entered the gully. She moved her arm to draw a dagger. It frightened her just how much energy that one small action took. There would be no defending herself if she was discovered. The wind blew again. Another whisper. That must be in her head. She strained to listen. Destiny. It called. The urn called. Her eyes widened. And then she jerked. Where there had been nothing a moment before, now sat a creature, one she had seen before. In her feverish malaise, it took her a moment to recognize. A desert cat. Its form shimmered, and there, against all odds, 
was Fionn. He reached out gently, placing a hand against her head, a concerned look in his eyes, and then a flash of teeth and the shake of his head. Into the burning hills. Fionn tells you to make your way higher into the mountains, and you turn around and run into the fire instead. He checked her pulse. But I guess you know better than me, you stern-faced Greenlander. Dumas Plachta is crawling with Ukwala. Half the seven tribes must be up there. He leaned back on his haunches. She was too weak to talk. Well, let's get you better and get you out of here. Out came the halfling's medallion. Fionn began to mutter, putting his hands upon the wound on her leg. A surge of warmth and the wound mended, pushing the stitches out. Karia felt the fever break immediately, her thoughts becoming clearer. Lean forward, Fionn said. She did. He placed his hands on the wound on her shoulder, muttering. More warmth, and the pain receded to nothing. There you are, all patched up. Karia opened her mouth to speak, but her lips cracked, tongue still swollen. Fionn saw this and handed her an empty skin, muttering again. And the skin swole, now heavy with water. She sipped. Her body rejoiced as the water dribbled down her throat. A half a bell passed in silence as Fionn watched Karia sip water. She licked her lips and tried to speak. Koi? Fionn stared for a moment, and then shrugged. If you're feeling up to it, we should leave soon. When they don't find the urn in the mountains, they'll start to widen the search. Karia leaned forward, testing her wounded shoulder. No pain at all. She stretched out her legs. Your little backtrack has us out in front, I think. I can lead us on a little traveled route and have us back at my home in two days. Maybe we see Koi there. He trailed off for a moment before continuing. Two or three days after that puts you back in Artisport. He smiled and winked. Another job done for the mysterious Karia. The words washed over her. She was going to be rich. They crawled out of the small cave and stood. Karia wobbled for a moment on her feet. Though none of the wounds hurt anymore, and the fever was gone, the slimy feeling beneath her skin persisted. Fionn looked up at her. You all right? And then. You're most likely exhausted still. You want me to carry the urn for a spell? Reflexively, she clutched the urn tighter to her chest. It is my burden, she replied. I will carry it. Fionn squinted at her, studying her face for five beats, but then shrugged and turned to lead the way. Karia exhaled and took a step to follow. As she did, a voice whispered in the back of her mind. Destiny. Karia has retrieved her hard-earned prize, but at what price to her soul? Join me next week for the beginning of a new tale in the lands of Gloaming Keep. Wow. <laughs> that was a long one. Yeah. Just for point of reference, when I wrote that story, I was like, man, why why, why isn't this ending? It's taken forever. Yeah, and then I finished, and it was five episodes. So there you go. That's, that's why it took forever to write. So 
Anyway, this is the point where I say thank you so much for all of your listens. Uh, Really appreciate it. Season three underway here, and I just wanted to say thanks. Love the journey. Thanks for joining me on it, and much more to come.